You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sarrow right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. President Trump says the proposal he announced this weekend to end the partial government shutdown and get his border wall money is a common-sense compromise. This plan solves the immediate crisis, and it is a horrible crisis. It is a humanitarian crisis like we rarely see in our country. And it provides humanitarian relief, delivers real border security, and immediately reopens our federal government. The president is offering to support temporary legal status protections for certain immigrants in exchange for the more than $5 billion he's been seeking in border wall funding. The Democrats say they will not negotiate until the president agrees to reopen the government. Officials of a northern Kentucky high school are apologizing after a video went viral that shows what appears to be students mocking Native American drummers in Washington, D.C. Sherry Lawson of member station WEKU has more. Students at the all-male Covington Catholic High School were on a field trip to attend the March for Life rally in Washington, D.C. Also on Friday in the nation's capital, the Indigenous Peoples March culminated with a rally at the Lincoln Memorial. A video widely shared and highly criticized on social media shows young men, some in Covington Catholic High School garb and Make America Great Again hats, who appear to be ridiculing a small group of Native American drummers, including Nathan Phillips, a Vietnam veteran. Officials with the Diocese of Covington and Covington Catholic High School 
condemned the student's actions and extended apologies to Mr. Phillips. Officials said, quote, the matter is being investigated and we will take appropriate action up to and including expulsion. For NPR News, I'm Sherry Lawson in Northern Kentucky. Weather advisories and warnings are up because of the storm that blanketed the Midwest with snow, causing problems also in the Mid-Atlantic region and the Northeast. The storm is dumping snow, sleet, and rain, making for icy driving conditions. Hundreds of flights have been canceled and forecasters say the storm will be followed by a deep freeze. Winter storms brought heavy rain to parts of the south on a possible tornado. It's devastated parts of a central Alabama town. And Detroit Public Radio's Kyle Gasson reports. Before the weekend, two historic churches stood near the foot of a bridge in Wetumpka, Alabama. After a possible tornado ravaged the area, only one church is left standing with considerable damage. Jerry Willis is the town's mayor who says he's grateful for the support they've received from neighboring communities. We couldn't do it without them. Uh, But to know that we've got mayors in other cities praying for us today, and that means a lot to us. The National Weather Service in Birmingham says it will conduct a survey of the area to see if the storm can be classified as a tornado and what rating it should be given. For NPR News, I'm Kyle Gassett in Wetumpka, Alabama. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. This plan solves the immediate crisis, and it is a horrible crisis. It is a humanitarian crisis like we rarely see in our country. And it provides humanitarian relief, delivers real border security, and immediately reopens our federal government. You wrote on page one that a president persuading a person to commit perjury would be obstruction. Is that right? That, y- yes. Okay. Or any, any, well, you know, any person who persuades any person. another to, yeah. Okay. You also said that a president or any person convincing a witness to change testimony would be obstruction. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Not guilty. That's the verdict today for three Chicago police officers accused of lying about the 2014 police killing of Laquan McDonald. Prosecutors said the officers lied in an attempt to justify fellow officer Jason Van Dyke's decision to shoot McDonald 16 times. Prosecutors also claimed that dash cam video proved the officers were lying. The judge's decision is a major blow to police reformers. They had hoped that this case would send a message about the so-called police code of silence. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is January 20th, 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. And like the man said, good morning. I am Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday with us, whether you are in the tropics, whether you are in Great Britain, whether you are here in Houston, Texas, where it is extremely cold, thank you so much for being here. But as always, I'm never sure to stays by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the business. First up, you love her, I love her. Man, this is my big sis. And she always brings it to you from that country twang-type perspective. Ordinary citizen, one and only, Miss Vanessa Maybelli from the McAnally. What's going on, Vanessa? How are you doing? 
Good morning, Jay. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday to you guys. Absolutely. Happy Sunday to you as well, Big Sis. Glad that you're in the house. Next up, the man who is usually talking to us through a one-millimeter uh, glass uh, uh, screen, you know, usually talks to us via text. But, uh, you know, this year, I tell you what, more than most, this guy has been live. And so he's here again this morning bringing it to you the only way he knows how, the one and only Mr. Johnny D. What's going on, Johnny D, and the place to be? How are you, sir? Oh, everything is wonderful, and I am certainly blessed. Glad to be a part of the contributors in the broadcast, and I know we've got some hot topics, so uh, I, I, I won't be laboring, so I'm ready to get started. Thank you. Man, you are the man. Of course, the man who runs everything around here is the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. What's going on, Mr. L.E.S.? How are you, sir? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Hawk. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Good morning. Going on, man. How are you, sir? Of course, as always, uh, like we always tell you, uh, our extreme colleague, Mr. Jerome is free, the smartest man in the world, usually joins us after his clear channel radio commitment. So he'll be here shortly. And of course, Kathleen Williams, still a little under the weather. Hopefully, she'll be able to join us if she can. But you know, Sunday's a working day for her because she is not only a minister, but she's, a, she's an attorney, she's an author, just a woman that can do it all. The number is 347 850 1272. 347 You can join us via phone lines. You can jump into the world-famous chat. Slowly but surely, I'm making the connections. I've been able to connect, reconnect, I should say, with three more uh, different websites. So I still have about 15 to go, but so far I have six that I can jump into and get comments from. So if you can hear my voice, if you're listening on the remaining 15 or whatever, whatever that number is, jump on over to, uh, you can go to, to, to uh, Facebook, you can go to Twitter, you can do what uh, Jackie tells you to do every Sunday to connect as well. But just keep listening. That's what's the most important thing. A lot to talk about this morning as always. Uh, the government shutdown continues as the government continues to shut down. Uh, both the executive and legislative branch continues to be far apart on this deal. My goodness, in the meantime, real American families are hurting. We'll talk about that. Collusion? Michael Cohen says the president ordered him to lie to Congress. Is this it? Is this time to start talking impeachment for one of the most just infamous and unprepared presidents in this nation's history, at least in my lifetime? No justice, no peace. Not only did the three officers who colluded to uh, try to concoct the story to support their fellow officer who shot and killed uh, Laquan uh, McDaniel, that officer only received 81 months. 81 months for killing this unarmed black team. We'll talk about that. Where is the justice? All right, once again, 347-850-1272. Let's start right with the shutdown. Mr. Elias, the shutdown is affecting real American people. And if they don't come with it, if they don't come up with a solution by Tuesday, a lot of these families will miss a second check. Can you imagine? Just going two weeks, just going two pay periods with no money at all. And you still have to go to work. So not only are you not getting paid, Mr. Elias, you, you have to spend your money that they're not giving you to get to work. 
And then you can't file for unemployment because technically you're not unemployed. And if you want to get a second job, you have to ask permission since you're working for the government. And you can't get permission because the people who make those decisions are not at work. Man, where are we with this, Mr. Elias? And do you see anything within the next few days that's going to prevent these families from missing an additional paycheck or another paycheck? What say you? No, no, I don't, Jay. This is this is just totally ridiculous, man. You know, you're holding the country hostage over something that you said somebody else is going to pay for. That that's what I don't understand. Why are why are not all these people that back Trump out there saying, "Hey, look, you said Mexico was going to pay for this. Why are you holding the country hostage? Why?" This I mean, it's it's un- un- unbelievable. It's unfathomable that he would do something of this nature. But, you know something, man? Look who you're dealing with. He's a spoiled rich kid who, if he don't get his way, he's going to take his ball and go home. It's just ridiculous, man. I, he's hurting He's hurting everyday average American people, and he don't give a damn because he can't associate with what, they have gone, what they're going through because he never had to live that life. Can't stand it, man. You know, you know Vanessa... Uh, Tell us how you really feel, Mr. Elias. You know, Vanessa, uh, you know, one of the things that Mr. Elias is saying is, well, everything he's saying is correct in regards to what this president is doing to average everyday families. Uh, The fact that these people have to, they're going to food banks and things of that nature. Folks, they can't afford medicines for their loved ones because they live from paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, and I've read some thread somewhere people said oh you know you should be better with your money and all this stuff you know, it, it, people are always try to find a way they always try to find a way to justify silliness what say you Jay I'm so mad this until yesterday as soon as that as soon as y'all president got to speaking <laughs> My president, my president owns a home in Chicago, and he's uh, in charge of the Obama Foundation. Speak for yourself. That's my president. I don't know who you're talking about. Hey, look, him and Jesus. Those are my presidents right there. So, hey, what are you talking about? But as soon as he finished talking, I immediately got on Facebook and posted in black with white letters. And I know Elias probably saw it. Yeah, I did. $5.7 ransom. To be paid or no paycheck. Mm-hmm. How are you trying to make the country safe by making a border wall, but you're holding the Americans hostage? That doesn't make sense. But you know what? As long as he keeps the federal government closed, the federal government don't have no money to dig into his background. Did y'all think about that? Mm-hmm. Because everything is federal. Uh, I don't know about that. A lot well, because, of it is federal minute, now, money. A lot yeah, of well, yeah, I guess you're right about that. I know that the so committees and stuff are still moving forward. And get all of this stuff approved if ain't nobody at work to do it. The next thing is, you know, I, I see, see, like, but I'm see, that's giving. But you give it a credit, Vanessa, for being someone who plans and think things out. I don't think See, he may have accidentally think, fell I into think that, that situation. Mitch McConnell is in on this. I think Brother Mitch is in, in on this. I don't think that yeah. he's thinking this stuff by himself because he ain't got that much sense. 
I do believe that he's got yeah. somebody else who's talking to him and helping him to do this. But you know what? All Ann those Coulter. people that voted for him. Rush Limbaugh. And, and Hannity. That's, all of them are, yeah. Hannity goes to dinner with him. Yeah. He does. See, by, see, we listen to Hannity over here because we like to hear what the other side is talking about. So we listen to Hannity and all of those people on the AM over here on the radio in the car. We usually don't listen to music. So we, we kind of know what the other side is thinking. And they be on the, on the radio telling Trump messages through the radio, through their shows. They're telling him stuff to do. But you know what? He better stop because he's really, really, really jeopardizing this country People are going hungry. This lady right here on MSNBC five minutes ago while y'all was talking said she couldn't even go to her family to help her because she's federal worker and so is all of her family. So who's going to help her? Her family ain't got no paycheck either. So some of these people that are Trump supporters are going to be going after him in a few minutes. Well, you know, you know Johnny what? D, it's interesting she says that. It's interesting that, that Vanessa says that, Johnny D, because, you know, the polling, he's only really lost 2% of our points uh, since this has been going on. So it's almost like they're waiting for this thing to ride out just like a storm, right? Eventually this will go away. Meantime, you know, you see stories every day. I saw a story the other day of a person looks like their parent is going to die. They're not even going to have enough money to fly to go to the funeral because of the fact that, you know, 78% of Americans live from paycheck to paycheck. This is the reality. And, the, and you know, and the bottom line is is that these people in Congress, they still get paid. Uh, they're not feeling the effects of this. And as long as you have this dummy in the White House who's listening really to, you know, like uh, Vanessa says, three people, how do you see an end in sight? Uh, I'll be honest with you. She's right. I've been focusing less on the politics aspect of it because those are the things that we can't control. But what you just said and what uh, uh, Les has said and what Mr. Nestor said, this, this is just real-life uh, hardships that's being imposed on the American citizens. Uh, you know, even those 800,000 that they talk about so, so, so vividly as far as being impacted, it's, it's beyond that. I mean, you're talking about... Um, Airport security, you're talking about federal yes. uh, law enforcement that's now at a point where even their goodwill gestures and coming to work every day is being diminished. Um, recently, I had an opportunity to go to a, a, one of the federal complexes, and you know, the call outs are up. Uh, staff are disgruntled, staff don't know when they're going to eat. Um, you know, so there's some gestures that's being done by the community. So this is really where, you know, your churches have to step up, your 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 you know, your your chamber of commerce and, and, and those those persons there um have to really step up and help these real life people who really are suffering. Uh, I know in the eastern part of our state, uh, down where you have like Camp Lejeune, the the food banks are almost uh empty at this point in time because you know, you got your military persons who are, are reaching out, and these are people with dignity. So imagine the ones that's not even coming out because, you know, of, of probably the shame of it all, of, of having to ask. You know, you got people who have been dependent yeah. upon themselves, self-reliant, and, uh, you know, self-determined, and now all of a sudden you have to extend your hand. But coming to work every day, you know. So at some point we know that this, this madness will end. But the ones who may be the recipients of the back pay, 
that may help them catch up. But look at all of the ones that have been furloughed who haven't been able to report the work. They get nothing. So this impact could literally ruin them for, if not the remainder of the year, it could ruin them into bankruptcy, which could affect them for years to come as well as their generation. So I I think it's a a sad testimony. And, and, and again, it's posturing back and forth about, you know, I'm going to put this proposal out, you know, it, it is a sad time in America that that percentage of uh, Trump's base, again, we've talked about this a, a thousand times, that one-third of Americans are not going to move one way or another. When this gentleman sat there uh, and was running his campaign, he said, I could go out in the streets of Manhattan and shoot somebody and wouldn't nobody, I wouldn't get in trouble. This is the third of Americans who does not care because they're, they're disgruntled, they're they're hate-filled individuals, so they're going to always support this. And, and like I say, let's, let's extend ourselves beyond the politics, those things that we can't control. Um, you know, right now I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with efforts with people that I work with to try to give some type of gesture to, to, our, to the federal brothers and sisters that's within our work community. And, you know, it's not going to be much. We, 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 can't, we can't even, you know, Begin to understand the impact of a single household when those checks don't come in. And like you say, Jay, you're on the brink of, of two checks being missed. I mean, this is a sad time, and what we got to do is we got to stay in prayer and hope that at some point yes. sense and rationale will come over that particular individual that's in Washington that's just killing the the, the killing the fabric and the substance of, of what America should should stand for so you know again shame shame on all of the, all of the politicians for the posturing and like i say real life people are being impacted and that's sad and, and jay yeah um yeah one thing i'd like to say isn't it a, isn't it a shame that people are making so less money that they they have to live from paycheck to paycheck shouldn't yeah, shouldn't shouldn't the wealth shouldn't the wealth to um uh, poverty level be a lot different. Shouldn't there shouldn't there be enough where people are making enough money to where these these billionaires that are killing the country like the Coke, Coke brothers not not have all this damn wealth? I mean, come on, man, it, yeah. this is ridiculous. It they is should have thought about that before they voted in the rich. Yeah. yeah. Well, but you know, li- listen. I, I mean, you're right, Mr. Elias. You know, we talked about this before. How like nine people control the majority of the wealth of this country. You know, we heard from some of the smartest people on our panel, but we do have another man who's the smartest man in the world. That's his moniker, the one and only Mr. Jerome. What's up, Jerome? Man, how you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. How you doing? Good morning, Jerome. Doing outstanding. Hey, good now, you know, but here, here's the other side of the coin here, Jerome, and I wanted to get your perspective on this because you're starting hey, to hear more people say that. Um, you know, okay, we're blaming Trump for this, but what about the Democrats? People are saying, look, bottom line is is that the Democrats are saying, no, it takes two to tango. Why aren't the Democrats, you know, uh, their con- constituents are, are, are being hurt by this. Why are they not more compelled to come to the table and accept some of these uh, offers that are on the table, especially the one yesterday that provides some protection for dreamers, what say you in regards to people who have? Well, I am glad that opinion. And let me say this. Day. Let me say this because I know people <laughs> always say when I ask these questions, Jay. Listen, this is not my opinion. 
Let me just get this out the way right now, okay? But I do have to moderate, so I had to ask the man the question, so don't be coming at me with no nonsense. There you I'm go, not Trump. coming at you. I just said I'm glad you asked this question so I can tell them how people oh, No, no, I was talking about people. No, no, I, didn't, I didn't hear you say that, Jerome. I just know how people, yeah. oh, gee, I can't believe I'll ask questions. It's not my opinion. Yes, Jerome. Nope. I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm, gl- I'm yes, glad sir. you asked it because that's the that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. You know, we, we have a habit of wanting um, to even playing field when it comes to blame, right? So right. if something happens in the black community, we say stuff like, well, people need to raise their kids right. And it could be two adults that are, that are having an issue. And we, we will always do this, um, try, to, try to balance out blame. There is nothing to balance out, right? Ms. McConnell's wife is a cabinet member with Trump. So, of course, he's siding with Trump. This, he said, I'll take the heat for this because I'm going to shut down the government. And the government shut down, right? So you're looking at classic hostage-taking, right? He's saying, if you don't give me what I want over here, I'm going to starve y'all. So if anybody says something like, hey, it's the Democrats, too, and they got to come to the table, it is nothing to come to the table for. Because, you know, we're going to have a debt ceiling fight in a couple of months. Debt ceiling is going to need to be raised in a couple of months. He is testing yep. out how far he's going to go. He's going to do the same doggone thing when the debt ceiling comes. And then everybody's going to sit there looking stupid saying, I can't believe you gave in to him on the last one, so of course he's going to do this on this one. The fact is is that it, the Democrats are weak to a point where they feel like they need to appease Trump or they need to appease white folks. Blatant. Uh, um, to blatantly say that because the problem is is that they can deal with having two faces of evil black people normally can't right it's either you with me or you're against me what in this case we like to think that it's a democracy when the evil is so bad that we have to say well we got to take what we can get that is crazy we should never give in to that right so the problem is is that people are hurting People are starving, and let alone this being federal workers, imagine the people who are already living under the poverty level. Right? Yeah. As we start feeding people who we have money to pay, we're not even thinking about the people who are starving us up under them. Not at all. We're not thinking about their health insurance. It's like the Democrats coming back saying, y'all need to fully fund the, the, Ameri- uh, the um, Obamacare. Right? So their counter to a wall should be here, fully fund Obamacare. Because this has nothing to do with federal workers getting their money. They're working. You need to pay them. So he's just distracting. And he's probably distracting because his, he's scared that his son going to be the next one indicted. Mm. So we don't know what they know on the federal government side, but something else is going that he is trying to yep. tie the, the Congress up so that they're not doing investigations against him. He's trying to tie their hands yep. in investigation because if we talk investigations while people are starving – then you get to look like a jerk. But he's causing this. This is caused by one side. And You're right. again, I would say the Republicans should be ashamed of themselves, but then technically that would be uh, that would be uh, an oxymoron, right? Being ashamed. <laughs> really? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When people are rich, we're, this is a good reason why you cannot have rich people running government. Because they don't see... The urgency in a daily, in a weekly paycheck or bi-weekly paycheck. They don't see the urgency in that. 
Mm-hmm. So when everybody runs, they want to have a Maybe you should say generational regular people. rich people, Jerome. Maybe you should say generational that? rich people because maybe you should say generational rich people. No, because no, I generational right. rich people have never. Huh? No, no, I said it right. What, what I'm saying though is if you can see President yourself Obama out of that. Rich. Who? President Obama was rich. Who? President Obama was rich. Why are you throwing Obama? Because Obama's in rich. We're not. We're not doing. No, I mean, that's what I'm. No, no. Listen, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that when you have people, people like President Obama, some of these self-made millionaires started from the bottom. They worked their way. They did it the right way. People like Donald hey. Trump never experienced hardship. You yeah, know, because his daddy him gave him every time he got in trouble. His daddy gave him money. Yeah, but you're giving you're giving the other folks cover, right? When they when you say something like that, right? Because Who? that's like. Saying, I'm not saying all black people when I say black people. There's commonalities that we have as black people that we have an understanding of. So when I say black yeah, people like understand yeah, this, right. I'm, I'm not talking about each individual black person. So we no, have to be clear. Uh, yeah, we have to be clear to our listeners so that when they go back to work and they have this conversation, that argument of not all is not true. Not, not all people do that. We have to get that argument off the board. The problem that people who are wealthy um, have in this situation, and I always say this when people are running for office generally, is that their sense of empathy, um, you always have to check that as they go. Now, his is an extreme. He don't empathize with Jack, apparently. So you can get so caught in a bubble when you're sitting in in those spaces that you can't see the forest for the trees. And all I'm saying is that that's why we have to evaluate believing that because someone has money, that means they're successful, or because they have money means that they're good people. We have to turn that thing on its head as well as a society. Yeah, we do. This is uh, what's going on here is crazy uh, with the U.S. government being shut down. And uh, if you're watching MSNBC, they're showing these uh, white kids who were mocking the Native American uh, drummer. I mean, these people are ridiculous. All right, listen, we're yeah. still talking about the uh, government. It's the bottom of the hour, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. And in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know is we've been talking about the government shutdown. We all understand that the government shutdown it's affecting families all across America. But, you know, just like anything else, it's disproportionately uh, affecting African Americans. So let's take a look at how we, our folks, are being hurt by this. And it's time for this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. We'll be right back. You're listening to the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. For generations, government work has provided good wages and job security to African Americans who may face discrimination in the private sector. And so, as this shutdown enters its fourth week, it's disproportionately affecting black people and their families. Jamiles Larte writes about this in The Guardian newspaper. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Explain the history that led to our situation today where African Americans make up a higher percentage of the federal workforce than they do in the private sector. Right. So the federal government obviously has its sort of own untoward history of racial discrimination, um, you know, from underwriting redlining and federal mortgage programming and excluding blacks from New Deal programming. But it has also been kind of at the institutional vanguard of the nation's slow march towards equality, um, more so than the private sector at large and, and more than most state and local governments. Um, and for fairly obvious reasons, just did a better job of abiding by the Civil Rights Act than the labor market at large. 
We know that black families have a fraction of the wealth of white families. According to the Census Bureau, for every $100 in white family wealth, black families have just over $5. So what does that mean when black government workers start missing a paycheck? Right. I mean, that's that's exactly correct. The the profound racial wealth gap in the U.S. Uh, makes it far more difficult for the average black American to sustain a long period without a paycheck as compared with a white American. And now, you know, we should pause to note that that disparity of in wealth is probably much less acute among federal workers. Right. We don't have we don't have numbers of, you know, black federal workers wealth versus white federal workers wealth. It's probably much closer than the broader disparity. Um, but, you know, overall, black Americans are less likely to have um, friends, family, networks, access to credit, you know, you name it, things that will help you uh, survive a period without a paycheck. They're less likely to have it. Tell us about one of the workers you spoke with for this story. Yeah, so I think, you know, the most compelling example that I found while I was reporting the story was a, uh, a National Parks ranger uh, named Laura, who I had spoken to last year during that shutdown. And, and at that time, she was you know hesitant to be identified in the story. And she was you know scared of maybe reprisals or, you know, superiors finding out that she had commented. And, and, and this time, you know, her frustration was just boiling over. And she asked me directly, she said, you know, please put my name on this. I want people to know what I'm going through. Uh, you know, she was frustrated. She was on the verge of tears when we spoke. Uh, she was worried about her employees, worried about the contractors who who work under her. And she just described, you know, that she was barely treading water and, you know, was, was trying to figure out just how to pay for medication. She's, she was dreading, you know, making the phone call to her landlord to say that she might not be able to pay rent. Uh, she described getting a call from her mother who said, you know, there's a bed here if you need it. And, and just kind of, you know, becoming emotional said, you know, I'm 50 years old. I I can't go live with my parents. And as tough as this is for government employees, they can at least expect to get back pay. Government contract workers may not. And you say that will also disproportionately affect black business owners. How so? Yeah, actually much more so. And so that's the next thing that I think we ought to look at. Unlike federal employees, there's no precedent for government contractors to receive back pay when, when the shutdown ends. So that income is just gone. And, you know, black firms, black owned firms comprise, you know, just 2% of all small businesses in the country. Um, but they make up 11.7% of registered federal contractors. So, you know, I say that with the caveat of, of we don't know exactly how that trickles down to, to folks' wages. Um, but, but by and large, you know, black-owned firms are, are going to be hit harder by the shutdown. Jamal Sarte, thanks so much. My pleasure. He's a reporter for The Guardian newspaper. You wrote on page one that a president persuading a person to commit perjury would be obstruction. Is that right? That, y- yes. Okay. Or any, any, well, you know, any person who persuades person. another to, yeah. Okay. You also said that a president or any person convincing a witness to change testimony would be obstruction. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Welcome back in, 347-850-1272. It's uh, 35 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Riles Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio, and it's best. Um, last set, we talked about the government shutdown, and, you know, and Vanessa, and both Vanessa and Jerome said, hey, listen, this guy is throwing shade. He's throwing shade because he don't want people to be, he don't want folks to investigate what he has going on. 
So Michael Cohen came out last week and said, hey, look, the president ordered me to lie to Congress. He ordered me to lie to Congress. And so now Democrats, this BuzzFeed uh, story, uh, Johnny D, and I'll start off with you on this set, uh, has really got some Democrats saying, look, it is time to start talking about impeachment. Because here's the thing about impeachment. People when people say impeachment, impeachment doesn't necessarily mean we're trying to vote to get this fool out of office. What impeachment is is saying, look, you have done something that's wrong. And this is the only tool that we have in our toolbox to try to figure out ways to make sure that the president is operating, you know, within the standards of the law and not above the law. So now, if this report is true, and BuzzFeed is sticking by this story, if this is true, what they are saying about, you know, President Trump and all this other stuff, should Democrats start really saying, look, it is time to start talking impeachment, for real, for real, not on the outer edges, not as just whispers, not as a passing thought, but straight up, it is time to impeach this guy. What say you, Johnny D? Well, Jay, let, let me, if I can, uh, start off by mentioning that that four minutes or less. Um, that yes. that kind of touched me. Then I, I, I'll get into the topic. You know, I, okay. I, I read a book many, many years ago, and I still got the book by uh, Dr. Martin Luther King as, as we prepare ourselves to celebrate uh, uh, King Day uh, on tomorrow. Yes. But it's amazing because the, the, the book itself was The Other America. And you know, he he did he actually did a speech at, at Stanford University in 1967, and he talked about economic disparity, and it's just amazing, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that here you talk about you know 52 years later, we're still talking about you know economic disparity uh, from African Americans to whites. So I just want to kind of make that point and the relevance of, of those four minute or less clips because uh, it does make a lot of sense, but. Uh, as you talked about uh, the impeachment, first I, I would like to say that uh, the priority needs to be to get the government uh, up and operating because even if, if the Democrats are speaking about a, a serious impeachment, unless you have all branches of the government operating, then it's only going to go so far. The investigations is only going to go so far. Uh, so, again, let's get the government up and operational running. But if there's a crime, and, and, and I agree with you, uh, it, it, it was amazing how – they, they've been talking about, you know, uh, Robert Mueller and his team coming out and refuting the story. And they talked about how unprecedented it is. Now, of course, they did not deny that that uh, President Trump has ordered Michael Cohen uh, to provide false testimony to Congress. So I think that you have something there. Maybe they just didn't want the case to uh, expand over. You know, the federal government is pretty core. They're pretty covert in their operations, and that could very well be something that they may want to um, deal with later. So I think it did happen, although they came out and disputed it. They didn't dispute what part. But if that is the case and he committed a crime, then you know what? Let just do happen, and let's be vigilant about making sure that everybody is accountable in, in the eyes of, 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 of our justice system. And, you know, I wouldn't spend a great deal of time because it appears that things are lining up, uh, you know, priorities first. But when that window of opportunity opens up, then, yeah, prosecute to the fullest extent. What about you, Vanessa? you feel the same way? Do you think that uh, Democrats should be, you know, if all this stuff pans out to be true, should, you know, Democrats be 
saying, look, it's time. You know, it's time to really start talking impeachment. You know, take the Maxine Waters approach. Let's get him. You know, I mean, because every day that this man's in office, you know, it just brings America down. You're talking about making America great again. I mean, <laughs> that's not even, I mean, it's crazy to even imagine or think that this guy is making America great. He is riding the perch, he's riding the, the coattails of where President Obama started, and most people don't understand and don't realize that you can't come in office in three weeks and all of a sudden brag about, you know, you got the greatest economy in all time when you haven't passed nothing or did anything to, to, uh, to, to contribute to that. So do you feel the same way? Do you think that, you know, Democrats should be talking impeachment to get this fool out of office? I think that since Maxine Waters has been put over Trump's finances, I have not heard Maxine Waters say anything on any news channel. I haven't seen her. And I personally think that the Democrats need to take a message from her. Shut up. Sit back. Slot and do. And don't show your hand. So I agree that they should be talking impeachment, but not out loud. Because if you let them know what you're doing, they're going to try to cover their hand. Which in Trump's case, it can't really be covered because his children are fixing to get ready to go down because they knew everything. But... I still think that they should do it. They should be talking in peace, but they should be quiet about it. Do not let that be the topic of conversation. Because guess what? While everybody's talking about people going back to work and ain't nobody got no job and ain't nobody getting paid, are y'all paying attention to the fact that another thousand children, anywhere between 700 to 1,000 children, were misplaced that we didn't even know about? That they haven't even gotten back with their parents? So people are losing the other objective, too. Now, let me say this, and I know y'all finna chew me out, but but this is serious. Hillary was, I I wouldn't have, Hillary was just a nightmare. Hillary is a crook. But you know what? Hillary would not have separated mamas from their children. She wouldn't have done that. She would not have done, I don't care how crooked she is, she would not have done that. Hillary would not let the federal government be unemployed for two paychecks because it's fixed to be two paychecks. Tomorrow's a holiday. Ain't nothing going to get done tomorrow, so they're going to miss two paychecks. So Hillary would not have done that. So, yes, she is a crook. Yes, he is a crook. But he's not making America great again. He is taking America down. He has pulled us out of NATO he Pence stood there and lied that ISIS is under control. And while he was standing there lying on another news channel, they were showing four Americans that got blown up. So you got Pence that's over there lying. You got Mitch McConnell, who you don't even see him. They looking for him all over. Them stupid young girls that's in the Senate looking for him all over the building going, anybody seen Mitch? Anybody seen Mitch? They silly. That's why I called you. Oh, office. In Washington, D.C., and sent her a message to Pelosi. Can you tell them young girls to shut up and sit down? No, 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 they don't, Vanessa. They're they're drawing, they're drawing, where's, what is is Mitch doing? Where's he at? Let me finish my sentence. Let me finish my sentence before you realize why I'm going to say they're idiots. Don't you know that once you get in the Senate, even if you have a private party, anything that you say is recorded, 
or video because everybody got a phone. For her to get in office the first week and say that nasty little word, I don't care what the president has said. I do not care. She's a Democrat and she's a female, and she should not be using that language, especially where it can be recorded. That's what I'm speaking of, Liz. That's why I call Sheila Jackson right. office. All right, they, all right, let me jump in. All right, so okay. let me, so let me, let me uh, and we'll, we'll definitely. They need to talk no, no, to okay. in quiet. In, in, okay, in behind so, doors. So, so your message is, so Vanessa, you're saying don't talk about it, be about it. Right, I mean, don't talk about right. it. Just, just do your thing. So, so Jerome, I mean, so your thoughts on this? I mean, you, you feel the same way? Democrats should just say, go about the go, go about the business of trying no. to get this guy. Vanessa okay. is more conservative than the rest of us, right? And it is why I, it, it's why I kind of, it's why I kind of respect like our diversity and our thinking. But she, they, they can't do that from a leadership perspective. Les is right. You need to make noise, right? As a freshman congressman, you have no power. But this this young girl has a lot of followers. There's a lot of discontent. You talk about on the Republican side, them having a tea party. You got Steve King out there yelling racist stuff all day. Ain't nobody say jack to them. But for some reason, we're demonizing this woman because she's young and whatever. She's saying stuff that makes people feel uncomfortable. Somebody needs to say something to make these fools feel uncomfortable. Leave that girl alone. Don't say nothing not bad about her. Don't even talk about her. Because the reason I'm saying, I'm not saying that specifically to you, Vanessa, because I respect your opinion in this. And like I said, I realize that as black folks, we get to be a little bit more conservative and like order because we have a sense of fairness. What I'm telling you is That's that right. when we don't have fairness on the ground, damn them. We don't have to abide by rules when they're not having any rules anyway. We have to be conscious about how we direct action. And it's like I always said, if black people wasn't killing each other on the streets, I wouldn't say jack to them. And the, the reason I wouldn't is because white folks don't listen to black people unless they um, need black folks to interact with other black people. I've watched this happen so much in politics, it's sick, right? I watch Republicans ignore black people. Then black people have a problem in public housing, and Republicans will be like, well, we need to talk about this. But their first solution is a curfew, which is stupid, right? Their solution to deal with us is that as long as we're quiet, they ain't giving us jack, and they're not even listening to us. So uh, um, the um, Ocasio uh, Ortiz, Ocasio Ortiz, I have, I have yes. much respect for her. I, have I much do respect too. For the other girl who's there. And but to the, Vanessa's point, much respect to Maxine Waters because Maxine Waters has a has a different task when she, the committee that she runs has to look through paperwork and I am sure if I was Trump I'd be saying the same thing where the heck is Maxine Waters forget Ms. McConnell Ma- Maxine Waters by the time she drops what she's going to drop it is going to be hell in there Ooh, it's going to be a bomb it really is so so my, my thought about that is that for those guys as black folks, because I remember this, um, like I said, a friend of mine's father said to us a long time ago, when I was younger, I was with the church, and I sided with Martin. But as I got older, I realized Malcolm was correct, too. You guys have to be smarter. So the black folks who are creating any kind of controversy that's making white folks feel uncomfortable, we have to let them go do what they need to do so that we can get to a solution. We can't keep stopping ourselves from progressive type of demonstrations just because it's uncomfortable to hear, it's uncomfortable to look at. 
right? So we need to allow that to happen. So whether it's Ortiz, whether it is, um, I can't remember the, the woman's march girl who handled the, herself great on The View when they tried to say, yes. do you understand why, you know, people have problems with Minister Farrakhan? She should have said no. I don't understand that because y'all can't keep regulating black people on what black people should be doing when I'm talking about women's issues. You you care about who I listen to and who I talk to because she went to Savior's Day. They care about that. Black people get regulated all over the place, what grocery stores we can go to, what we should be watching on TV, without even hearing what's on our mind. That girl is smart. So anybody who abandons her is a damn fool, too. Right? And I, and I applaud her courage. We need to have courage to not throw black people under the bus because white folks don't like that black person or Hispanic person or whomever. We need to own our thoughts and own our perspectives. But Great stuff. Three four seven eight five zero. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought, Jerome. No, no, no. I was saying she also did a great job. You know, uh, of expressing her point when they were trying to press her. Even Whoopi Goldberg and Sonny, and I usually have respect for them, but they were wrong for putting that girl on the spot on national TV asking her about the minister. Minister ain't say jack about Jewish people in years, but y'all gonna hold that against them because of his because of his perspective. Ask the Jewish folks who yeah. support Minister Farrakhan why they still support him. Go talk to them. Stop asking black people why we support black folks. Ain't none of your business. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's Tim before the top of the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best as we continue the conversation about collusion, Michael Cohen. So now, you know, Mr. Elias, let's get back on Mike here. So here's the deal. This guy saying now, he, he's a little nervous, right? Because uh, bottom line is that there could be some death threats out there. You know, the president is saying, go look out, go look at his father-in-law. You know, the daughter-in-law, Trump's daughter-in-law goes on Fox and says the same thing. What I guess that's really nutty, professor is for me, is the fact that what this guy is doing is happening in broad daylight. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the hotel that uh, he's getting money because foreign dig- uh, dignitaries are staying there, to the fact that they have tape of this guy. You know, they have the tapes of this guy telling Michael Cohen what to do. What is going on here, man? Is got to be some of the this period in our in our government history. When historians go back and look at this period, this time frame right here from January. You know, 20th, 2017, up until whenever this fool is thrown out of office or voted out. What do you think? What do you think? How how would history judge this guy in this time uh, in our nation's history from a political standpoint? Um, they're going to judge him as a clown, man. But what we're looking at is what, is what we call all the time, Jay, we call it white privilege. You know, we've been pointing it out all along. What if President Obama did the same thing this guy did? What, what would happen then? Man, oh, my, oh, my God. Oh, my he, wore, God. He, wore, he wore a tan suit. He wore a tan suit, and they lost their mind. Look at this guy. He's wearing a, he wore a tan suit. out, and they lost their mind. Yes, but Melania Trump can do nude photo shoots, and nobody says nothing about it. <laughs> this is white privilege, Jay. That's all it is. Nothing more. Nothing more. 
these airplanes, but yet they let Melania use it to go and take go. a weekend retreat yeah. in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, Johnny D, once again, what's happening here? They're not even trying to hide this stuff. I mean, most of it. I, I mean, this is crazy. And, and, you know, you bring up President Obama. They were trying their best to find something on President Obama. If President Obama have done half the stuff, I mean, a quarter of the stuff this man has done, the Republicans would be outside with picket signs. You know, I mean, Benghazi was the closest thing they thought they had. But when you start really peeling back the layers of the onion, what people didn't realize was, well, you know what? And I tell Republicans this all the time. You know, you talk about Benghazi, but what you're not talking about is that the Republicans cut funding to protect the embassies during that during that time frame. So, 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 right. you know, but they're the same ones that are running around saying that, oh, well, you know, they, they didn't protect our, our diplomats or, or, you know, oh, we can't stand, we don't want no bailout, we don't need to give no stimulus package. But then they would go to their districts and hold the, the big, pretty uh, check with, with their constituents saying, hey, look what I did. You know, or, or the one congressperson who was really, we can't stand, the, 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 no bailout, no this. Hey, President Obama, uh, I'm writing this letter, and um, can you please, you know, uh, send more money to my... I mean, these people are hypocrites, man. So so what say you, Johnny, when it comes to some of this stuff? Because if President Obama would have done half of this stuff, they would have lost their freaking minds. What say you? Uh, Jay, that, that that's speaking in the comment tone. That is, that is uh, legitimate. And, of course, we, we've already lived uh, 10 years of, you know, Prior to, to Donald Trump um, doing what he's doing now, you know, the, the, the two years preceding President Obama getting into office, you know, it was a lot of scrutiny and, you know, the, the tick for tat uh, with, with, with the ministers and his association with certain people. So the criticism came real early for him. And, of course, his eight years in office was basically charged by the fact that he's going to be a one-term. And then when he got the second term, it's like, okay, we're not going to do anything for eight years, um, meaning the, the, the Republican Party. So everything that you said about the scrutiny that, that that gentleman endured, he was able to fulfill it because that was God's person for that particular time. And, and I always say that, you know, the cause and effect of, of our choices are such that we're living in a time now where American politics will be studied. Uh, and this will, this will be an essential time because there's no other time where people have been more politically astute than over the last really 12 years, to be quite honest with you. You know, you, you, you can date back, well, let's go back 11 years because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it back to uh, President Obama's time frame where people have been studying, scholars have been studying, people have been talking more about politics. So from that, from an education standpoint, I think is great. But America, America's more competitive has been diminished throughout the world. So this era that we're currently under will impact this particular country here, you know, this great nation for years to come because people will no longer see American politics or that particular office as the symbolism of freedom and equality. What they will see it uh, more so now is, is an office of shame, of shame, blame, uh, criminality. It, it, we are in a digressive time and 
it's going to be interesting to see when and if we start to rebound. But as long as the current person holds that that out that office, uh, I don't really see it ever being an office of esteem. It has been degraded, it has been diminished, and now you're going to have every commoner who feels like, you know what, uh, this guy did it, Trump did it, so now I'm going to run. And it doesn't matter on, on what views, as extreme yep. as they could be. So, you know, it's going to be some long-term effects that America will never recover in regards to its status in the world, its status in humanity, uh, the economic base and, 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 and power will be diminished. The military will be diminished. Uh, our, our borders that, that he talks so, so heavily about, well, we've already been penetrated because you, you're sleeping with the enemy, meaning uh, Russia and North Korea and, and, you know, China. So you're antagonizing the entire world, all of our allies who was once allies now see us in a difference. I think the only one who really at this point in time sees America favorable is, is Israel and Netanyahu. And that's because Netanyahu didn't have a, a, a fondness of President Obama. So now you get this irrational individual in here, and now all of a sudden he, he acts like, you know, America is the greatest uh, thing that, that, that has ever come across to help Israel, which is a lot because Israel has been helped uh, by America for years. So, you know, we're we yep. going to see a degradation in that office for years to come, and we won't see the true impact because I don't think that we will probably be around long enough to see how that office in this era has demeaned and diminished America's legacy. So it goes beyond just that office. You're talking about uh, Americans and how people view us as, as, as the world economics uh the, the, the ambassadors of, of goodwill, all of those things that we hid behind, even as false as they may have been, all of those things that we hid behind, now people have lifted up the garment and exposed us for who we are, and we're going to forever, ever be judged on that. Wow. You know, well, here, I want to get uh, one little one little uh, comment. Well, not a comment, but I, I want to ask you on one thing uh, before yep. we go to break, um, because I want to spend some time. I want to definitely spend the whole segment on the, on uh, the, with the, the Laquan McDonald uh, situation. Uh, J- Jerome, you know, I remember Harry Reid saying about uh, George W. Bush, he's the president of the United States, not the king of the United States. And, you know, and we try to make sure that we have a democracy where we have, you know, equal branches of government and balancing government. But when you look at, you know, and, and this is kind of going back to the shutdown a little bit, how are we any different, right? Because you have really two people that's holding this whole process up. You have the president, you have Mitch McConnell. I mean, for Mitch McConnell not to bring this thing up to a vote, because you know how it works. What happens is the House, which very smart, they're passing Republican-sponsored bills for funding. They pass it. It's supposed to go to the Senate. Right, this is how it works, folks. Just in case you don't understand, then the Senate sends it to the president. The president can, you know, veto it. And if he vetoes it, then government, then you know, the Senate still, the 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 congressional branches still have the ability to pass laws and do things, even if a president job. vetoes it. They have the power to override the veto. And, and the job, the president so, don't make laws that Congress does. Absolutely. You know, I'm just a bill. I'm a lonely bill. Remember that whole thing? Go back and watch the, 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 the Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just go watch it. It explains it to you, <laughs> you know, in terms <laughs> which you can understand. So, Jerome, here real quick, if you can, in, in three minutes or less, how can we, how can we get past this? How, we, how is this any different 
from a king because you really have two people who's holding this whole thing up. Two people, and no one can do anything about it. They can't force, force Mitch McConnell to bring this to a vote. How can two people have so much power? But well, the framers, when they put together the Constitution, they put the Constitution in effect to, you know, to, 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 to not have these types of situations. Well, it, it's the brilliance of how they put together this democracy. I can tell you that. We're witnessing it. Because now that you have, think about it, you have two branches of the legislature, the House and the Senate. But Nancy Pelosi technically runs both of them, right? So she is the second in command, right? People think of her being third, but if something happens to the president, she's second, right? So there's, there's the vice president and then her. So there's power in that that people are not really seeing. And then you have the, the judicial who's been holding him up every time he tries to institute something that's really crazy. The judicial, judicial side has been holding him up. So since the Republicans had both sides of the House, um, they knew that they couldn't get 60 votes in the Senate. So they really still was kind of gridlocked a little bit on the Senate side. So this was done very much intentionally for them to fight at the congressional um, level so that one president wouldn't be able to come in and change the nature of the country. Now, I, I personally believe the discourse that we're having in this country is just that racist folks and colonizers um, feel comfortable with being loud where they weren't before during Obama. That doesn't mean they weren't there. They were there. I think they're just showing their hand. So... <laughs> Just like um, uh, I want to agree with what Johnny D said er earlier, as far as the um, as far as the country is concerned, that we we are actually watching this exposure of who we are. So it takes the rose-colored glasses off of we're the greatest country in the world. Democracy should work for everybody. You know, we should get rid of their government because if they work more like us, they'd be saner. Hmm. You know, we're actually proving the point that actually Libya wasn't bad under Gaddafi because look what a damn democracy does. And look what it's done to Libya since he's been gone. <laughs> right? We have proven that we're better. So this is taking the rose-colored glasses off. And so the rest of the, the other countries that are seeing us are now not going to believe us. Right, so as colonizers, we go over there and say, "Hey, our ice is colder. You want the free trade like we have? You need to let our business people in there." And you're watching African countries specifically tell France, telling England, telling U.S., "Get up out of here, bounce." We're watching them telling that because they're like, "We need to take control of our own direction, our, our, our own future." So this. From him being so arrogant and crazy and being such an extremist that now other people are waking up that the people who are masking that can't hide it no more. So everybody wants to put the genie back in the bottle, you know, that when Nancy Pelosi says, hey, we don't want to talk about impeachment this early and blah, blah, blah. We knew before this report came out with um, Michael Cohen, we knew that he directed um, Trump directed Cohen to pay Stormy Daniels, and that's a damn crime that can be impeached. So yes. telling him to lie is another one. That ain't the first one. So everybody getting excited saying, hey, Mueller's telling him to walk that back. We don't care. The judge already ruled that 
whatever his name, client number one or whatever he's called in, in those court papers, that he ordered Michael Cohen to pay that woman. It's a campaign violation and it's still a felony, and you can get impeached for high crimes and treasons and um, for not protecting the U.S. interests. So when you buy an election, that is a high crime. No matter how no matter how little you pay, and also Michael Corn also said that they paid somebody to hack and to create fake polls to make it look like he was doing better than he was. Yep. So you want to talk about all the areas that he can get a piece in? Um, they're already right in front of us. Yeah, exactly. I tell you what, man, what a fascinating uh, topic. And, you know, just more to come when you're dealing with this president. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to take a look at the Laquan McDonald uh, trial, second-degree murder uh, trial, and the police officer who only got six years uh, for killing this young man. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere.
Remind us who these officers are and what they were charged with doing. Yeah, so you have uh, current officer Thomas Gaffney, former officer Joseph Walsh, and former detective David March. Um, Prosecutors said that these three officers collaborated with Officer Jason Van Dyke and others at the police department to shape a false narrative about the shooting of Laquan McDonald, that they... They said that McDonald attacked the officers, that they said McDonald injured officers and forced Van Dyke to shoot, uh, things that are contradicted by the infamous dash cam video of McDonald's death. Now, this was a bench trial, which means a judge decided, not a jury. How did she explain her verdict? Well, um, she really undercut the prosecution's whole case and undercut what I just told you. You know, seeing the dash cam video of the shooting seems to completely contradict what the officers put in their reports. What she said was that that video cannot be considered all of the evidence. And in fact, the fact that it's not from the perspective of the officers themselves is a reason to almost disregard it. It cannot tell us what really happened. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. You're in tune to the serious side of the J-Rock Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. At his best, let's say good morning to the crew. Ladies first, as always, around here. Let's say good morning to Vanessa Maybelli from the Macanelli. Hey, Vanessa. Good morning. Hi, everybody. Love you, Jerome. Hey, good morning. Love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Jerome, there he is, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Springman. Good morning, sir. How are you? Yes, sir. Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Doing outstanding. Johnny D is in the place to be. What is going on, sir? Good morning to you. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, just, again, glad to be part of, of the broadcast. So, uh, again, thank you. And the broadcast is glad that you are a part of it. Mr. LES is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Good morning, everyone. All right, Mr. LES, can we say hello to some friends and family? Uh, yeah, we got uh, Momo B on the line with us, of course. Uh, hey, Momo. Uh, Covina Man is in the chat room, and Easy Rider is in there. And Easy. some clown, some clown called Be Wise as a Serpent is in there. <laughs> okay, call him a clown. All right. All right, what's up to the preachers in the house? He's a clown. Well, apparently he's not uh, saying what Mr. Elias likes. No problem. All right, what's going on uh, to all the guests out there who's listening to the show? Of course, if you're listening live or if you're listening, this, he listening just got his ass kicked out of there. Wow. <laughs> that's that's what made him a clown, he Jay. He got kicked yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. You uh, out. Marietta Music in the house. Good morning, Marietta. How are you doing? Fred is in the house. What's up, Freddie? Steady, Freddie. I love that name, Fred. Fred Sanford, a.k.a. whatever. All right, what's up, Brian? How are you doing, sir? Jeremy, what's up? Felicia, hey. Betty, what's going on? Good morning to Lita. What's happening? Good morning, Monique. Good morning to everyone who's listening to the sound of my voice. Let's say good morning to our director of social media outreach, the one and only Jackie, a.k.a. Rich Sister. Good morning, ma'am. How are you? I'm doing great. How's everybody doing? Uh, we're doing great, uh, Jackie. We're doing actually great. great. Good morning, Jackie. So tell people, tell people if they don't, if they're not listening live, how they can stay in contact with the show when we're not live. Well, if you want to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network, go to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all three pages have the same ending handle. 
Facebook.com slash groups, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash TJRS Radio. And if you want to email about anything, email seriousside at outlook.com. Keep up with us. Keep up with us and stop going to these other sites because I'm my Instagram page is uh, more people are logging into that. Hey, but go to those other sites as well. And I know we have about 15,000 out there. Jackie has the official stuff, everything else is not real. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being a part of the show. Thank you so much. 347 850 1272. Now, let's talk about a more serious topic as you heard on the lead. Three uh, Chicago police officers were acquitted of. Uh, Conspiracy are trying to commit collusion when it came to the shooting death of uh, Laquan uh, McDonald. A judge sentenced uh, Jason Van Dyke, the former Chicago police officer, convicted of second-degree murder for killing the young man to more than six years behind bars this past Friday. Now, the sentence was a coda to a case that gripped Chicago for years and reverberated across the country's third-largest city, prompting changes to the police department, forcing public officials from their jobs and spurring a sweeping uh, federal investigation. Van Dyke, who was white, was sentenced about three months after he was convicted of multiple charges for fatally shooting McDonald, a black 17-year-old, holding a knife in October of 2017. The punishment was handed down just the day after, once again, the three other Chicago police officers were acquitted after being accused of helping cover up what happened. Um... You know, the judge, which is a judge by the name of uh, Judge Vincent uh, uh, Gajon, whatever his name is, sent this, uh, this guy to 81, uh, 81 months, so that's just a little over six years, nine months, on this second-degree uh, conviction. And, you know, prosecutors wanted this guy to go to jail for two years, I mean, for, our ten, for 20 years. And um, what was fascinating to me, Mr. Elias, was the fact that they showed his wife his wife stood up in court and talked about how she was afraid of, for her husband's life in prison and that, you know, he learned his lesson and, you know, he should be given <laughs> probation. You know, it's 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 not even, you know, the thing is, is that it's it's hard to even say this because this guy is going to jail for six months and eight, 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 so he's six years and eight months. But we all know that with good behavior, he can be out in three. So really, he's going to go to jail less time than Michael Vick spent behind bars killing the dog killing dogs. Or being a part mm-hmm. of a cover up of of uh of uh, a dog fighting. Yeah. And, and so you talk about America. This is what it's all about, folks. You you're seeing it right here. And you wonder why African Americans are so upset and why we, you know, black lives matter and the things that we do. Because our lives don't mean jack to these folks. Nothing. You know, you got you have these guys lying, saying that mm-hmm. you know the guy jumped on him and beat him and all this other stuff, and the tape proves that they were lying. But yet and still, he gets six years, nine months. Who wants to start this one out? Because oh, most you know, definitely I have after. a habit of going off, <laughs> and I don't want to this morning. I'm going to just try to maintain. I'm going to go and sip some coffee while I listen to you guys. Who who wants to take this one? I, I got it. I'll, I'll start this out because I'm, I'm familiar with it because I live close to Chicago. Look, You're right there. These folks, go, do it. If though. anybody doesn't know that these, they, it was taped at the Burger King of what actually started all of this. What the cops do? They went down there and threatened the Burger King employees to get the tape 
of what happened so they could block this. This thing went on for after after Rahm Emanuel saw the tape of what happened, they immediately went to this guy, to Laquan McDonald's mother, and paid her $3 million and made her sign paper to say, hey, you won't sue us for anything else, because they knew damn well that this was not a justified killing. They knew it. They knew it when they seen the tape that this guy, that this kid didn't come after them. And then the cops lied about it, and they got off. So when you sit here and tell me about America, this is some bull, and you know it's bull. Because this guy, they just had Hydeal Pendleton, they just had her case. They're, they're, that guy, the guys that killed her got 81 years in jail, 81. And they were gang members. They were black gang members. So because of this white gang member that shot this guy six at, at this kid 16 times, he didn't get it because that's what the police are. They're, they're gang members. Because they always tell you, don't, don't hide, don't, don't run it, don't tell on nobody, don't do this, don't do that. Well, where's, where's that blue coat of silence at? They don't tell nothing. They don't tell crap. You know why? Because they don't want to tell on their brothers. Look, if you see somebody doing something wrong, that's what you tell the public, tell on them. Then you should tell on these people. Because you know damn well you shot this kid in cold blood. You know it. You know it. There are so many examples of this, uh, Vanessa. I want to get your comments in before you have to bounce out and you know and go pray for everybody on this show. Um, there, there, there are so many uh, examples of this. You can't help but to get just downright upset behind this. You know, um, you know, you know. I brought up the Michael Vick situation, but I also remember us talking about how this preacher, preacher's wife, shot and killed her husband and. You know, she didn't even get anything because they said she was abused because he made her wear high heel shoes and all this other nonsense. But it's just amazing how, you know, the judicial system in different parts of the country, you know, the value that it placed on places on lives. Here you are, you have a tape. You know, you're supposed to shoot somebody. You don't use deadly force unless you feel that your life is threatened. This guy's running towards you with a knife. You shoot him to incapacitate him. You know, I mean, how many times did he shoot him? 14, 14 to 16 times? I, I can't he was, he was not either. running at them with a knife. He, he shot him in the back. Away. Yes, he was, shot walking. He was walking. He wasn't even running. He was walking. Yeah. That's why they paid the mother right him. off. Here's three million. Please don't come and sue us for anything else. That's why. Unbelievable. And then they held they held you tape until somebody sued them to get the tape. And you notice the name Ronald Emanuel because you know every now and then some of the stuff I don't even read on there. But some of those people, oh, can you know somebody from the Obama administration? Y'all don't get on there. Well, guess what? We're talking about Ronald Emanuel. We're talking about them. We call it straight. So don't don't get away from all with all that nonsense. Vanessa, give me a thought to this because I know you got to bounce your shit. What's we'll, we'll for you? Okay, I, I heard a little of that. I heard a little about this story, so I can't go into great detail as to what I thought, think about it. And let me tell you kind of why. First of all, this has been happening for years and years and years. It's going to happen for years and years and years because that's the kind of world that we live in. And unfortunately, that's the kind of president that we have that encourages this kind of stuff to go on. So, you know, I hate it. The mama took the money, probably. Was it the mama who got the money? She probably took it because it wasn't going to bring her child back. So, well, well, I hate that, but was it the mom who got the money? Yeah, it's the mother. She got $3 million. Well, they I gave guess her she million paid it. felt like it wasn't going to bring her child back. But you know what? I'm not going to blame nobody, but 
just the way society is and has been since I've been around, since I've been around for 56 years. So, Jerome, don't stop me on it. I just think that it's just been like that since I can remember. I don't remember the world not being like that, where people get away with stuff because of what they do to black people. I mean, it goes back to slavery when we used to get beaten stuff. But Jay is right. I have to go to church. And let me say, you tell y'all this. If you know a federal person that's not working, and even if you don't know anybody that's not working like me, if you're traveling or fixing to travel and go to the airport, please stop and get some family dollar gift cards for $15, passed out about five or six of them to some people. Family dollars are everywhere, and people can get food and quarters and stuff. So if you want to do something instead of talking about it, on your way out at the airport, give some TSA people a couple of gift cards here and over there and over there. Because believe me, $15 can buy a couple of things, okay? Y'all be blessed, and I'm on my way to go. That's a good point. Wait, before you go, before you go, Nelson Maxim Waters is on TV. Just wanted to tell you that. Oh, yeah, uh, what channel? I can put it on in my car. <laughs> MSNBC, <laughs> put it on the car. Go ahead, MSNBC. Okay, she's bye. on. You know, she's Love y'all. She's going off. Bye. All right, take care. All right. All right, Johnny D, <laughs> let, 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 me, uh, let, me, let me get around to you, man. Um you know, I mean, we're passionate about this stuff because, you know, listen, I don't have sons, I have daughters, but, you know, I talked about a few months ago what happened to my daughter. So, you know, even though we know that it's just when it comes to this type of behavior, usually it's aimed at young, unarmed African-American men. I know you have sons. Uh, you know, I have uh, – actually, I don't have nephews. <laughs> we have all girls. Miss Elias has nephews. Jerome is an uncle as well. Sure. You know, the bottom line is that this affects our community. And so we're going to be passionate about this. And so when, when you look at what happened in Chicago, how, this has put a black eye on what's going on. And keep in mind – that, you know, Jeff Sessions, Justice Department, went in and started shutting down these investigations for police reform. So, you know, once again, how can you blame African Americans for playing the race card or saying things when it looks like everything is stacked against us when it comes to this type of stuff? Our lives don't matter to these people. Six years? Nine months? You're going to be out in three on good behavior. What say you? The, the Chicago incident really compounds a, a much larger problem that, that we have with the criminal justice system, the reforms that's needed, uh, the interpersonal communication that, that doesn't take place within the community. The sentencing here is, is it makes a mockery of our criminal justice system. So there's no way that anyone who is who is a a, a person of, of, of goodwill and a reasonable person can sit back and say that 81 months is sufficient for the excessive and unauthorized uh, use of deadly force uh, by this Van Dyke officer. You know, as, as I said, it really is a much broader uh, perspective. Chicago, we know, has some tough streets. Uh, for several years running, they were the uh, capital murder of the United States, and openly, uh, some of the people that I've known across um, throughout my career uh, walk that beat of Chicago and it, 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 it's you know and the way they describe it it is a pretty tough thing but the integrity of law enforcement uh, has to be there because that is the only way that the citizens will ever trust law enforcement is when the integrity is there and clearly in this case 
Uh, there were some officers who compromised their integrity. You know, the sad thing is, is, you know, even after Rahm Emanuel, uh, who didn't do more, you know, he opted not to run, but, you know, he, he never never did anything really to, to help the reform, in, in my opinion, of, of Chicago streets. You know, he fired the police chief. Uh, I think the district attorney or the state's attorney in that area wasn't reelected. So locally, there was some there was some changes. Uh, African American took over as as the chief in Chicago uh, after this incident here. But but the, but the bigger picture again is is there a a, a a a you know a code of ethics, a code of silence in law enforcement? Um, I would be remiss to say that there's not. Now, of course, that that's that's part of the culture of law enforcement. I'm not saying that is good when it goes in reverse of what it's intended for. You know, law enforcement that that code of ethics is is, is also to tell the truth and and to uphold your your certifications and you know the the, the oath that you take to the agency, but more importantly to the citizens in which you serve. I think that the, the shame of it is the fact that, you know, you still have one of those officers that's working. And clearly, from yeah. an internal standpoint, you know, there may not be any, you know, any prosecution uh, as far as the court system, which this, this judge is a joke in and of itself, to be honest. But, you know, falling, you know, falsifying a report, that's, that's criminal. But you would think that the agency itself would have taken some action. I think uh, right. months ago, it might have, it may have been years ago, Jay. I think I read where one of the detectives re- was allowed to retire. One of them, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly what his dip, uh, disposition is. I don't know if he went to another agency, but one of them is still an active Chicago PD officer. And and you know, it, yep. it, it kills me when they sit back and talk about they they made minor discrepancies in the report. That's lying, okay? That's lying. I mean, now here it is. You're talking about a person who could have gotten 16 counts of aggravated assault. At what point? At what point do you make a minor, a minor false report in that? You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it, again, it, it's much broader than that, and and, and it's a shame. Uh, it brings shame to the law enforcement community because there's a lot of people out there who do some great work on a day-to-day basis whose integrity is never breached. But in this case right here. You know, uh, you know, nobody will ever understand this one. Uh, you know, and, and that's black or white. So I'm, I'm not sitting here talking about, you know, just solely on African Americans. You know, here in this state, here, you know, we've had two law enforcement officers who have literally been gunned down. Now, of course, both of them uh, are still. One of them is hanging on, and the other one was released from a hospital. But you're talking about point blank range getting shot in the neck and in the face, and and I mean, that, this is trying to stop crime. So it is, it. It, it is an adversarial relationship that's going on now. And until we get to the point where our interpersonal communication, community policing starts to get better and, and you start respecting people and, and for who they are, then I only see this getting worse. And, and that's the sad thing because as law enforcement feels more of an imminent threat because, you know, criminals now are just shooting first and they, they don't care about pointing the games at law enforcement, then you're going to start seeing that the training that they're learning is going to kick in. You know, a couple of months ago, we, we, we talked about a, a situation. And, you know, imagine this right here. You know, imagine someone working at the Target in the deli, and six months later that person is out on the streets patrolling the, 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 the streets of Houston. You understand? That's just how sensitive and delicate it is. So, 
you know, the relationships have to be broader. But this, this, the criminal justice system failed in this instance right here. And the fact that the, the guy is still working for Chicago PD is, is an atrocity to the fine officers that are still working in that agency who has to look at this individual who made a slight minor uh, error on his report. And I just think that it's shameless. Right. It is shameless. Real you know, quick, Jay, real quick, real yeah, quick. Yeah. Um, what was what was what was was with hell is the reason uh, that this thing didn't come out right away is because Rahm Emanuel was running for office at that time and he didn't want it to come out because yeah. if he'd have come out he'd have lost the race to Chewy Garcia at the time. Right. That's why right. you know. Come out. You know, unless you, you you're exactly right. I, I forgot about that piece, but you're right. He did delay it purposely. Yeah. Yes. And shame on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that too when that happened when we first covered this story. Here, Jerome, here, real quick, because I don't want to eat your time up, but real quick here, uh, you know, they brought up uh, witnesses who said that this Van Dyke, Officer Van Dyke, former Officer Van Dyke, or should I just say this piece of you know what, uh, mistreated them, uh, shouting racial slurs at them during different traffic stops. You know, n- none of this apparently uh, had any effect on the sentencing of, of this whole thing. I guess he was convicted, but the bottom line is to give this man six months, six years and nine months where he'll be out on three. Uh, once again, just a travesty of justice. Your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I tend to look at um, the, uh, the ability of the justice system to police itself, right? So not only are we not talking about a jury of your peers, and having a jury system, which does not work for black folks. You're talking about a judge that said, oh, it's not showing it from their point of view. If you would have watched me shoot anybody on TV, they don't care what angle you had from me shooting them, that you would have convicted me of shooting them. Right? They make all kinds of excuses, and and I say really clever at doing this, where we should understand why it's happening. And the reason that it happens is because there is such a thing called um, jury nullification. No matter what kind of proof or evidence that you have, you have your mind made up of what your outcomes is going to be. And that judge had their mind made up, and they just found the words to give an excuse for not locking that fool up in jail and letting those other guys off. So we know that people practice that, and I'm sorry that Vanessa's not here to hear this part because I'm going to mention Vanessa, but it's why I say to her when she said about, you know, um, Ocasio-Ortiz, it's why I'm saying to her, leave her alone. We need to practice jury nullification ourselves because we can't go back and keep critiquing people of color every time they do one thing, and you can know that one of them did something, have it on tape and have proof, and they will still blow it off like, I don't want to take them away from their kids. They'll use something like that. They don't care about taking you away from your family. So that's, yeah. they negated the fact that they commit crimes and they move on. That's why Trump can wrap all these segments in the same thing. That's why Trump is looked at like he is by some Democrats. Well, we don't need to impeach him. Man, you need to impeach anybody who breaks the law. I'd lose my job if I break the law. Hmm. But they won't do that in his case because his his job's too important. He ain't doing no good job. So the the thing that is going to wrap in on this country is that those tax breaks that they gave rich folks is kicking in this year. They're creating chaos at the border with the immigrant uh, with the migrant children 
So all of that stuff is going to hit in this year, and then you're going to have trials of all the misconduct that is going on in departments, and they already have, are talking about bringing, having the FBI, the FBI investigate the Homeland Security woman telling lies when she was at Congress. So when that stuff starts to come out, we're going to have problems. Because even when we look at the federal workers' issues, people are not talking about who is not getting paid, right? They keep showing black folks on TV because they know that white folks are not getting empathy towards the black folks who are telling their stories. But let me tell you who else is losing their jobs or who is not getting paid. There's about 245,000 Department of Homeland Security people who ain't getting paid. And y'all talking about border security. They're not getting paid. You're talking TSA workers. You're talking about people who are prison guards in federal prisons ain't getting paid. Right? What about public safety? What if all of them called in sick? So we we have our priorities jacked up because we're easily distracted where people don't understand that that system is so jacked up that it needs to be revamped anyway. So when a judge lets off a killer of somebody who I saw on TV get shot walking down the street and they say, oh, I thought he lunged at me. And the judge said, I can't see from his perspective when I can see that he's walking straight and not towards the people who shot him, we got a problem. So I think that we need to deal with that and understand what our psyche, um, what happens to our psyche when you knowingly get lied to and you have to believe a lie just to um, help you sleep at night. We need to deal with that. Well, I think Vanessa was listening. So let Vanessa get the last uh, comment on this segment because she pushed her hand up quick. All right, Vanessa, go ahead. (laughs) I'm glad she was here. Two things. One is... Maxine Waters just said what I said. Don't talk about it. And don't do anything until that Mueller man gives them evidence. Because if you file impeachment on him now and don't have everything you need to convict him, everything she said, then it won't go through. So sit back and wait. And everybody needs to just, in other words, chill out and don't be talking about it. That came from Maxine Waters. I said the same thing. But she said, as far as she's concerned, they can file the papers tomorrow. That's what she just said. Now, to answer you, Jerome, on what you said, I am not saying that people should condemn that girl. I am not. But I am an older person, and I am listening to what older people are saying that are in my age group and older. And they are saying that, number one, as a female, number two, as a minority, that do not have that kind of words, vulgar words coming out of your mouth. Now, we're not saying don't scream about what's going wrong and talk about it and talk about Trump like a dog. Do what you want to do. I don't care. I support that. What people are talking about when it first happened, Jerome, was the vulgar words that came out of her mouth will distract from people listening to what she really has to say. Nobody's condemning this girl, but I am saying you don't have to say ML to get somebody to listen to you. you right, we're talking about the congresswoman out of Michigan, right? And so yeah. we talking about that. They, yeah, we talking about that girl, and that's what I was talking about. I'm talking about you can get your point across, and I'm not condemning her. She no, I know. What you want to do out there talking about Trump? But you don't no, need I, to use those words. We got we to wrap here real soon. I know. Can I, I, I understand? Right. No, no, I, yeah, I understand. Ahead, and what I'm what I was saying about about you and about you know I have um, Kaisen who's on my show. She does that to me a lot as well. That 
It is why women always, always have a higher sense of of um, a purpose than guys do, right? And, and I don't mean that generally as a blanket statement. I mean that as a cultural statement. It's because the consciousness and the well-being and all of that flows through you. You guys are supposed to check everybody from our decor and our demeanor when it's necessary. But I am saying to you is that regardless of that, I know my mother may dis- be disappointed at me cursing sometimes, which I don't curse a lot. But when I do, she usually says, what happened? Because she knows I don't do that, right? When that woman cursed with her kids in front of her and somebody recorded it, we need to say, why is she cursing? Not that she is cursing. She's cursing because she's frustrated at the fact that these fools are getting off at stuff that these should be in jail for. That's why she's cursing. I don't care that she did. I don't either. I applaud her. Fire, All right, so look, we got to step out. It's a great, great, great show, great show. Got to step out uh, because we have Chatterbox coming up next. Only needs no basis. Want to make sure we give it as much time as possible. Let's step out, take a uh, NPR news, up break, uh, news uh, update break, and uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Serious The death toll in Friday's pipeline explosion in Mexico is rising. The governor of Hidalgo State now says 73 people were killed and dozens more injured and uh, some are missing. The pipeline was ruptured by suspected fuel thieves. Yesterday, Mexico's president pledged to continue to fight fuel theft. Just a few weeks ago, he launched a campaign against the illegal tapping of pipelines. In the NFL playoffs, it's down to the final four teams. The quarterback capable of scoring lots of points. New Orleans Saints host Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship game today. The New England Patriots take on the Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC title. And if you're Tom Goldman has a preview. Both games are rematches from the regular season. The Saints beat the Rams 45-35. The Patriots beat the Chiefs 43-40. That's a ton of points, but this being the playoffs means defense should play a bigger role. A stingy New Orleans run defense will try to slow a Rams rushing attack that not only features all-pro Todd Gurley, but C.J. Anderson, who's played in two Super Bowls. The Rams signed him last month, and he's had three straight games of 100-plus yards. Kansas City against New England matches two great quarterbacks, the Chiefs' 23-year-old MVP favorite Patrick Mahomes and 41-year-old Hall of Famer-to-be Tom Brady in a rare underdog role. The Chiefs are slight favorites over the Patriots. Tom Goldman, NPR News. Roger Federer's bid for a third consecutive Australian Open title is over. Federer's tournament ended with his loss in a fourth-round match today to 20-year-old Stefano Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas is now the first player from Greece to reach a Grand Slam quarterfinal. Folks, welcome back in. It is time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from social media and uh, from the famous uh, uh, chat room. Mr. Elias, what do you have, sir? you have anything? Yeah, I got a couple of them. Uh, uh, Easy says, uh, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Easy said, uh, Wendy said needs to get rid of Rahm Emanuel. Yeah, we, they are. And he said, I knew, and he, uh, he said, I knew we were going to bring up Trump about this. I don't know what he's talking about. And then, um, uh, Boba Bright, who I don't like, says 40 million people without food stamps is going to cause problems. He said police academy is only six months long. That's not long enough training. The cop that killed Oscar Grant only served two months and eventually was offered his job back. 
Well, ugly. Uh, Jake from Chicago actually says, by any means necessary, it is time for us to adopt the Malcolm X, the Malcolm X approach instead of the MLK approach. Damn this. Okay, Jake. Uh, the pastors checked in. I bless the men and women who are suffering because of the nonsense that's going on in Washington. Mariana Music checked in. I love, love, love the sound of intelligent black men in the morning. That includes you too, Jay. Great show as always. <laughs> Mariana Music. I'm going I'm to be bigger than that. I'm just gonna, okay, thank you. I'm just going to say thank you. Uh, LaShonda from Detroit says, my best friend told me about this show, so I am a first-time listener. Great Great to finally hear a show with real comments and thoughts from real black folks. Thank you. Thank you, Lashonda, for checking in. You think that was good? Where do you get a load of this? Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? It is time for all the need to know basis with our main man, Mr. Jerome Spree. Man, what do you got going on this morning, sir? I got nothing. I'm just joking. Oh, <laughs> thanks. And that was it. Thank you. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. So, since we're coming up on Martin Luther King's birthday, you know, I feel some kind of way about me not having anything, and it's tomorrow. So, I just want to say, uh, in that vein, uh, everybody enjoy Martin Luther King Day and learn something, because I guess I need to learn something so I can tell you. I'll have something on the next show for Martin Luther King. Now, this past week, January 17th, you know, Michelle Obama, former First Lady or First Lady Michelle Obama, celebrated her 55th birthday. And so the president threw back, and that would be President Obama, shared a throwback photo of the, comp- uh, of the, of the young couple and, um, you know, her autobiography memoir, um, I guess, autobiographical memoir, Becoming, uh, which was released in the U.S. and Canada on November 13th, with, um, within one week became a New York Times bestseller, has sold more than any other book published in 2018. So, yeah. just so you know, her memoirs that was released two months ago has been named... Uh, the best-selling book since Fifty Shades of Grey in 2012. Wow. On Amazon. Mm. That's how many books she sold. So people are talking about them becoming billionaires. They got, they, you said that about being rich and mentioned the Obamas. They're making their money after they, after he was president. When he first got elected, she said she still has student loans. <laughs> how crazy is that? Hmm. Still paying bills. All right, wow. now TSA officials say the rate of airport screeners missing from work during the government shutdown has stabilized just um, just days before the three-day holiday, and it's likely to, um, you know, have enough staff for the large airport crowds for the holiday. But the trick is, is will they have enough by Super Bowl? That's really? Another that's that's going to be, I was just thinking the same thing, because Atlanta is going to be bomb. <laughs> yes, it is always a mess in there, and and that's with full staff. Yeah, <laughs> so they're gonna have problems if they don't get on this. And again, remember, this is 245,000 TSA workers are not getting paid. Mm. That's how many are not getting paid. I wonder what would happen if they just all walked out. They would have to shut down. <laughs> 
It was yeah. shut down the airport. You know, they're not allowed to strike, but you still are allowed to call in sick. Mm-hmm. So, work that out. Or, think about it. If you're not getting gas money and you can't get to work, yeah. you can't make it anyway. Yeah. That's so, true. Yep. Now, J- Japan officially withdraws from the International Whaling Commission to resume commercial hunting. This is sparking fears that other con- companies, countries will follow. So Japan's withdrawal from this International Whaling Committee opens up a one-month window during which other member nations can indicate if they wish to leave and resume whale hunting. I don't know what this means for the big picture, but again, Japan is stepping away. Mm. Now, the U.S. Geological Survey says that a 4.7 magnitude earthquake struck on Tuesday evening in the Atlantic Ocean. That's about 136 miles southeast of Ocean City, Maryland. We're having more wow. earthquake activities, and nobody's really reporting on this. This is like the third one this week, but mm. that was an, another one. Now, if you've ever been to New York City, you know, everybody talks about the George Washington Bridge. But there's yeah. another, the Tappan Zee Bridge. The eastern span of the 63-year-old Tappan Zee Bridge across the Hudson, um, it came down this week. They actually blew up the bridge and brought it down, and they actually have another bridge that was built. But I've crossed that bridge many days, so to speak, and um, they said it was roughly 65,000 tons of steel fell into about 140 feet fell about 140 feet um, into the river. And um, so they're going to send dive teams and um, boats to remove that 65,000 tons. Wow. You know, modern marvels tell me this. When you can move 6,500 tons of something out of water, as cold yeah. as it is up here, frozen water, we have some technology to do some better things than we are actually admitting to. It's just like, mm-hmm. if we have the money, we'll do it. And if not, we won't. Mm-hmm. That's what it says to me. Yeah. Yep. Now, McDonald's, Taco Bell, and Wendy's spent over a billion dollars on TV ads trying to target black and Hispanic kids um, after promising to fight the soaring rates of obesity amongst ro- uh, minority children. So in a new report led by the Rudd Center for Food Policy and Obesity has found that 86% of food ads spending on black targeted television it was Mm. for junk food and 82% was spent on Spanish language TV that is our only constituents that's only be one lobby to us fast food (laughs) wow now McDonald's loses the rights to um, the Big Mac trademark across Europe after an Irish restaurant called Super Mac wins their legal battle battle so Supermac challenged the um, burger chain, um, and they canceled Big Mac and Mech trademarks all across Europe. So Supermac will now be able to expra- um, expand across um, to other stores in Europe. I never had a Supermac, but they should come over here. I bet you, I bet you Big Dad will sue them here. <laughs> wow. They're like, we was here first. <laughs> they probably all right. Um, you know... Apple's CEO, Tim Cook, has doubled down on his cause for consumer data privacy. He's calling on lawmakers to pass a privacy bill that would let users um, let them see and delete online data that's collected on them. 
I think that's a good idea, but I'm sure Amazon and Facebook's gonna gonna yell because they've been selling your data. But Apple said that they need legislation to tell them we need more consumer privacy data. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah. I think a lot of that's from that new GDPR uh, law that uh, the, that the uh, Great Britain has too. You know, I mean, you can't. Yeah. That new law is a trip. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, drinking green tea for its health benefits, they're saying stop using tap water and only use bottled water. So scientists are saying that, you know, made with bottled water, the tea has doubled the antioxidants. That's according to a study. Um, from by researchers from Cornell University, but when made with tap water, participants um, thought that the tea tastes sweeter. I don't know why it would taste sweeter if it has more acid in it, but that's their research, not mine. This one, I'm just sharing the story. Now, uh, an estimated 1.4 million frozen embryos are in storage at a U.S. fraternity clinic with 5 to 7% believed to be abandoned. So many couples have um, resisted signing them over to staff for research, so they have to keep them. So they can't use them, but they're not throwing them away. But there's 104 million frozen embryos. And I'm going to tell you this, like I said um, about Ancestry.com, if you send spit into somebody to just do a DNA search, they're keeping the spit. <laughs> so if you got an embryo, they're going to be doing some genetic testing. Don't believe that. You know? Now, footage, I don't know if you guys saw this, but footage has been released showing the model who claimed to possess secret information linking Trump to the Kremlin. She was um, she was deported to Moscow, Moscow from... I think it was uh, it, it, she was in Thailand so they deported her and she asked the US government to get her out of there but the FSB officers grabbed her at the airport put a bag over her face and tried to put her in a wheelchair and this is on the internet because what? she yeah she was the um, Oleg Deripaski Deripaska the guy who was working with Manafort it was his former girlfriend. Now, Deripaska uh, is a close ally of Vladimir Putin, and she said while she was in jail in Thailand, I have some information on why, on what Manafort and Olapaska was doing. So she just got deported back to the Kremlin, and the FSB put a bag over, over her head and put her in a wheelchair and whisked her away. Because she was scared that they were going to kill her, and they probably are. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she was... She said she knows and she was going to tell. So I think a lot of people know. So we're going to see. Hopefully Mueller got got some information out of her before they deported her. Really? Now, the NYPD infiltrated Black Lives Matter protests with undercover officers who referred to demonstrators as idiots and ninjas in a newly released email chain. Now, New York Police Department has released more than 700 emails between officers detailing a surveillance operation targeting Black Lives Matter protests from 2014 and 2015. Now, hopefully, mm. they should have been infiltrating the Tea Party and doing the Klan because Black Lives Matter is not a hate group. So why were they infiltrating them? But, hey, again, I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> now, speaking, speaking of the 28-year-old New York lawmaker, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, 
she's expected to increase the scrutiny of big banks. So um, she is um, has previously called for a 70% um, tax rate for and for the biggest banks to be broken up. So she has just been put on to the um, uh, her committee assignment puts her in the financial sector. So she got a really good assignment seat, right? So she vowed to inspect student loan crisis and examine private prisons. Ortiz said, personally, I'm looking forward to digging into student loan crisis, examining for-profit prisons and ICE detention, and exploring the development of public and postal banking. Um, to start, she wrote this in a tweet. She said, I am grateful for the opportunity to sit on this committee as a freshman, and I look forward to working under the leadership of, you guessed it, Maxine Waters. She's on <laughs> Maxine Waters' committee. <laughs> that's what the setup was. Ortiz is on Maxine wow. Waters. We're going to see how that's going to roll. All right, Jerome, we have time for, we have time for uh, two more, sir. Okay. You know, um, a black female um, former Marine was screaming and begging for help as Illinois police forcibly and maliciously strip-searched her, and she filed a $1 million suit for dehumanizing and and a terrifying incident. Now, she was pulled over, I guess, for suspicion of, um, um, I guess they said that they thought she was under influence of drugs because they thought she was disoriented and confused. But the lawsuit says that they arrested, their arrest was illegal itself. And then they attempted to delete and destroy the video that showed them strip searching her for no reason. And then they dropped charges. So mm. they're sued in Illinois. <laughs> wow. Just wanted, to put, just wanted to put that out there so that we know. All right. So in case y'all was wondering... Um, how could you store macaroni and cheese for about 20 years, shelf life? So Costco's have a 27-pound 20, mac and cheese bucket that costs 90, well, I'm sorry, 89.99, And it serves Man. 190 servings. And I'm they, sorry. Yeah. They said that they had already sold out, but it has a 20-year shelf life. Now, I, used to like, I, I can't see buying that, man. Yeah, I used to like mac and cheese, but I don't think I do no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really quickly? Uh, California man stole his roommate's $10 million lottery ticket and replaced it with a fake. He got arrested. Mm. How you going to create a fake $10 million lottery ticket and not expect to go wow. to jail? Wow. Well, oh, yeah, of course. Desperate times calls for desperate men. Desperate uh, That's that, that's exactly what that is. Desperate, desperate times calls for desperate. Yes, they sir. Were? All he has to do is say he was furloughed, and maybe they might let him off. <laughs> you know what? That may, not, that may not be a bad way to do it. You know, that may not be a bad way to do it. I'm you know, not. Say, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm I, I got caught up, and, you know, that's. That's the way it is. <laughs> With you exactly. that. All right, Jerome. Thank you very much. All right, it's time for our final thoughts. Johnny D, man, final thoughts. Right, Jay Wow. Uh, I'll tell you what, for everyone out there, I certainly want to acknowledge the King Day holiday coming up, but I want to add a different little twist to it, you know, for 
nearly 33 years of what America has, has asked the African-American community and those who celebrate the King Day holiday to get out there and do community service. But yet this was a man who fought for social equality, economic equality. So what I say is let's redefine the holiday. Let's not get out there and do no free labor. Let's get get together and, and join your churches, get with your family, and let's make it more celebratory. That philosophy of not a day, of a day on instead of a day off, you know, that bothers me every single year where I see people out there picking up paper on the roadside and all the rest of that stuff. And I just want us to start being a lot more celebratory and start thinking about our economic uh, prosperity. So, again, that's my comment. Hey man, appreciate you as always. The the man against the I'm sorry, not the man against the first last word. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, man, final thoughts. Hey, you know I want to take my time to say, hey to Kathleen Williams. I hope she's feeling better and just listening and taking the day off. Um, so you know, be glad when you come back and we will holla. Everybody's praying still and hoping, wishing you well. So shout out to Kathleen on this one. The man is the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Final thoughts. My final thoughts are this. Look, Martin Luther King, an incredible human being, gave his life uh, for us to succeed. Look, folks, get out and celebrate this man's legacy. Because, you know, some we owe a lot to him. He, he, and, and to just give up his life so early was just, how many of us would pay the ultimate sacrifice to do the same things that this man did? Just, just get out and celebrate him. Great man. You know, the thing is, I feel like Jerome, uh, usually every year since this show has been on the air, we've always dedicated a slot, our segment for the King holiday. Uh, we've done it for years, all the years we've been on the air. For the first time, uh, we didn't this year. Because of the nonsense that's going on in the White House. So I think about what would MLK do? MLK would say, guys, brothers of the serious side, continue to keep up the good fight. Continue to make the public aware of the nonsense that's going on in Washington. Because I know in the back of, my, in the back of your minds and in your hearts, I will always be there. And on that note, Mr. Elliott, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rao Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always. Get out and do what Johnny D. say and make sure we acknowledge the man MLKJ. So, for Vanessa May Bell, for Johnny D., for Jerome Spree, and for Mr. L to the E to the S, I'm J. Rao. Say have a great work we can remember. If it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. It is serious side. God bless You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network.